a new sermon series, By the Sea. Pray with me. Let's, let's go. Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for uh, all of the good blessings. Lord, thank you for the exciting things that you're doing through and in your church, Lord. And God, you're letting us do. God, uh, so many times I look in scriptures and I see so many exciting things that, that you and your disciples did. And God, it, it just makes me think sometimes, man, I wish I could have been there. And Lord, then, then I realize how exciting it is to be a part of what you're doing at 2911 and seeing all these souls, Lord, being changed seeing families, Lord, marriages being rescued, God, as people just throw themselves to you, God, and allow you, God, to, to fix all the stuff they've broken, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you just, again, again, help us, Lord. Help us see, get the true focus of what we're supposed to be focused on, God, so that we can continue to, Lord, to, to pull our lives together, continue to have impact and influence in our communities. And, God, so that we can begin to see the miracles happen in our individual lives as well. Not just hearing about it from someone like Scotty. Not just hearing about it from some of, the, from some of these uh, couples and marriages and families, Lord, that are here. But God, that we can begin seeing it in our own lives. Miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 5. And uh, today we're going to talk about Jairus, okay? Uh, let me give you one little verse right here real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the last one. So let's, let's go to Mark 5, verse uh, 21. There we go. Okay, yes, Mark 5, 21. Uh, so, so when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. Okay, so, so let's stop here for just a moment. I'm going to talk about the stories leading us into the story of Jairus. And uh, uh, he stopped. He comes to, the, comes to the, you know, the end of the sea, and you all know what's at the end of the sea, right? The seashore, okay? So he comes to the end of the Sea of Galilee, he's been on the boat, and he gets out, and he stays by the seashore. Now, the seashore is a hub of activity, and that's the reason that this sermon series is titled By the Sea. It's a hub of public activity. Okay, think, think about it this way. It, 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 it is a means of travel. Now, I like to fly. I don't know about y'all, but uh, you know, if I could fly, I would fly across the street rather than walk across it any day. I, I love to fly. Uh, you know, I, I missed my opportunity when we lived in Enterprise. I should have gotten my pilot's license. Uh, you know, whether I could have flown, I don't know if I could afford it, uh, even to rent an airplane, but I, I, I should have done that because I, I love to fly. You know, you and I, when we think about travel, we're thinking about it in the terms of, you know, maybe walking, maybe riding a bicycle, but most of the time we're thinking about it in a car. And so when we think about bodies of water like lakes, rivers, seas, you know, those are big ones, but even creeks, you think about a lot of times a body of water is a hindrance because you've got to go down to the next bridge to get across the river, you know, you know, because you're thinking about a car. Back in these days, there were no trains, planes, or automobiles, okay? I mean, you, if you wanted to get anywhere, you basically walked or you rode some kind of an animal or you rode in a cart pulled by an animal or you got on a boat. And if you somewhere that there was a, a lake like the Sea of Galilee, a huge lake or sea between you and that, you know, you, you weren't looking at that as a hindrance. You kind of said, thank God, because, you know, getting on a boat and riding on a boat across the sea, that, that's a blessing thing, okay? So, so the seas were looked at and the bodies of water were looked at as really blessings, as ways to get someplace. I mean, it was a, it was a major mode of travel back in those days. Now, because of that, you know, the seashore was a really good place for a dollar general because everybody went there. Think about the guy who gets up early in the morning and he's headed somewhere across the sea, you know, and he gets halfway across the sea and so, says, I forgot to pack extra underwear. 
hopefully there's a dollar general on the other side of the, on the, other side of the sea, right? I mean, that, that's what the kind of things that we think about. I don't know about y'all, you know. You know and and now, nowadays it's like, I mean, you know, the missions trip we just had, it was really funny. Uh, I was getting messages back from Shannon about the things they were doing, you know. And every time they'd forget something, you know, I mean, you, you think of a missions trip, I mean, you, you think if you forget something, you got to get out in the woods, you got to cut something down, you got to make it yourself. We, they just, we just drove across the street to Walmart, you know, and we picked it up and got everything we did. You know, back in those days, they didn't have that. But, you know, the seashore, the ports where boats would come in, those were places where there was commerce. I mean, that was a good place to set up. If you had anything to sell, if you wanted to, you know, you know if, if you made scarves, that was a good place to sell your scarves. Or if you were a fisherman, that was the place, you know, when you caught your fish, you didn't go out somewhere where there were no people. You went to the port where there were a lot of people, okay? So you went to the seashore. You went there. And that's where you would sell your fish. Now, because of all that, it was also a, a place to find a job because there were fishermen. So fishermen needed boat hands. They needed people to help them pull in the fish in their nets. They needed people to help them wash the nets. Or, or if you knew how to do woodwork, I mean, that was a good place you could probably do boat repair, you know, right there because there was a, you know, a lot of needs for that and because of all, you know, the sales and those kinds of things. I mean, there, there were all kinds of jobs to have. Okay, so if, you, if you're getting what I'm saying here is there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I, most of the time probably when I'm thinking about Jesus and his life and walking around the streets of Jerusalem and, you know, and some of the other streets, the city of Nain and some of those kinds of things and maybe being in people's houses, but if you look back at the scripture, you see that Jesus spent a lot of time around the water. He spent a lot of time at the seashore, and even at the end of this verse, it says, so he stayed by the seashore. He stayed there because there were a lot of people there, and he goes there very often because there's a lot of people there, and a lot of the, a lot of the stories, a lot of the miracles that happen, happen near the seashore, and we're about to read about a, a miracle, an awesome, that makes some of you who aren't really sure in your faith kind of cock your head a little bit and say, are you really sure Jesus really did that? Yes, he really did that. And when did it, it didn't happen right here, but it began right here at the seashore. Now, why did Jesus hang around the seashore so much? Because he was looking for something. You know what he was looking for? He was looking for faith. Let, let me take you to the book of Luke. In, the 18, uh, in, in verse 8, it says, Jesus says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. He's talking about God and people that are saying, I need somebody to bring vengeance into my situation. Somebody's done me wrong. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? God is going to make sure you get justice or whatever is right for you. And, you know, sometimes if you think about it, I don't know that I really want justice. Amen or oh me. But he says, God, God's, his Son is going to make sure. I'm going to make sure there's justice in the earth. But here's the question. When I come, am I going to find faith on the earth? We're looking for justice. We're looking for somebody to rip us wrong. We're looking for somebody to, to pay them back. We're looking for somebody to make things right. We're looking for, you know, whatever your need is, we're looking for that, right? We're looking for answers. We're looking for miracles. We're looking for the, the solution to our problem. We're looking for uh, healing. We're looking for a financial blessing. We're looking for uh, God to do something in our families, in our communities that we need. We're looking for all this, but what is God looking for? Right there. He's looking for faith. And the question is, God, God's, you know, he, he makes promises all throughout His Word. And right here He says, when, when I show up, when I show up with what you need and what you've been asking for, when I show up with this thing, and I'm coming with it, but when I show up, am I going to find any faith in you that you believed I was going to show up for this thing? Or was you just worried about how am I going to get it? How am I going to get it? And just praying and praying. Am I going to find faith? God is looking for faith. We're looking for the answers, 
and he's looking for faith. And, and you, ever, you ever bartered with anybody over something? Barter, you know what bartering is? I mean, if we're really no money changes hands, you just kind of trade and swap. Okay, some of, you, some of you guys, I mean, when you were a little kid, I mean, you bartered over baseball cards or something, you know, whatever, right? I mean, you barter, and you ever barter with somebody? That's what we're thinking about here. Think of these terms. You need something from God. He's looking for something from you. And you know what he's looking for? He's not looking for a bigger offering check. He's not looking for 20 more hours in your week. He is looking for faith in you. And that's this morning's message. I want to talk to you about having awesome faith because that's what God is looking for. You need, you need something in your life. You need a miracle in your life. You need something to be changed, something to be turned around. God's looking for faith. You want to have impact. You want to see, see awesome things happen in the people's lives around you. You know how it's going to happen? It's going to happen when he finds faith. God is looking for faith. Now, he's not looking for religion. If he's looking for religion, he'd have been down at the temple, right? Okay, he's not at the, that's why, I believe that's one of the reasons he hung out at the seashore a lot. Because he wasn't looking for religion. He wasn't looking for people who acted like something on Sunday or Sabbath and, and was something else the rest of the week. He was looking for faith. He wasn't there. There were needs. He could, he could go anywhere and find needs. I mean, I can go to any row in, the, in, in this building right now. I'm looking to see if we got any empty rows. Got one almost empty one. But I mean, I could go to any row here, and I guarantee you there's not a row here of all these chairs that there's not a need. So Jesus wasn't out looking for needs because there were plenty of needs, but he was looking for faith. So listen, are you getting this? It's, it's not about oh, screaming out to God, I've got a bigger need than the guy on the seat behind me, or, or, or God, my need is bigger than it was last week. It's not about for people with needs because every one of us has needs. He is looking for faith. Well, what kind of faith? Well, first of all, let me tell you, he's looking for faith between Sundays. All right? Show you in Jairus right here. Going back to our story. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him, okay, he's a, Jairus is a synagogue official. Jesus, uh, and he's from Capernaum, and Jesus would teach sometimes at the synagogue in Capernaum. So Jairus probably was one of those who when Jesus down the street or maybe came to the synagogue that day, asked Jesus, Jesus, why don't you teach today? I mean, he, he, he was one of those probably who asked Jesus to teach in the synagogue of Capernaum. And so he knew Jesus. He was connected with Jesus. You know, we don't know. If you don't know this story yet, you don't know what his need is, but Jairus has a great need in his heart today. But, but what we first need to see is that Jairus was an official of the synagogue of Capernaum. And he knew Jesus. He had often heard Jesus teach. He was connected to Jesus. He knew how to get in touch with Jesus. He knew where Jesus was. Jesus was not at the seashore that day. He was on a boat coming to the seashore, but Jairus knew that. He knew where to be when Jesus showed up. He was there waiting on Jesus. He was there. I mean, you know, he was connected in some way. He knew so much about Jesus. But here's the thing. The problem was Jairus' need was not at the synagogue. It wasn't at the temple that day. And the solution to his need, Jesus Christ, was not at the synagogue. And he wasn't at the temple that day. He was on the, he was on the sea. He was on his way. But he, and he, and, and he, and he wasn't going to be able to connect with Jesus at the synagogue like he did every other time before. He, I, I don't know how many times Jairus and Jesus maybe talked or that he listened to Jesus speak, but this was a day that Jairus had a need, and, and, and the need was not at the synagogue, and the need solver was not at the synagogue, and Jairus had to do something, but Jairus had a faith inside of him that was a faith between Sundays, a, a faith that moved him beyond his Sundays, a faith that moved him beyond of the, of the synagogue and of the church. 
I mean, where does your faith end? Does your faith end at those two doors? Does your faith end when Jamie says the last amen at the end of the service? Jairus had a faith that moved him beyond his Sundays. And he had been to the seashore many times. No doubt he carried his wife down and said, let's go get some fresh fish. That's another thing down there. Last week we were on vacation. Thank you, James, for helping me have a week off. Thank you, staff, and everybody that pitched in, let me have a, have a week off. And, 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 you know, I was eating seafood. I, I was begging for a shrimp po' boy just about all week long, you know. Finally got one on, I think it was Sunday afternoon for lunch. You know, it took me that long. You know, we were there, we got there on Wednesday. I didn't get one until Sunday. But, and, and I think it was Saturday or Sunday, David said, are you not tired of seafood yet? You know, I look at it, there's two ways to look at this. I could, I, you know, on, Sunday, on Saturday, I could say, now, I've had seafood for the last three days. You know, you can look at it that way. Or you can say, i got two more days to be here, and I better get all the seafood that I can. You know, and so, that's kind of the way I was looking at it. You know, I couldn't get sick of it. I just wanted it. We went to an Italian place. I had, I, I had, I had a, a pasta with a, with a sauce on it, and you know what I had? I said, and add some shrimp on top of that too, okay? So we did just one more, one more time. Got to get just a little bit more seafood in here. For, so, you know, probably Jairus had carried his wife down to the seashore. Maybe, maybe he had carried his little girl. Because we find out in a few moments he's got a little girl. Maybe he carried her down there to see the ships and look at the nets. Look at all these fish and all this. You know, it's amazing, to, wonderful to carry a little small child to places like that for them to see things they've never seen. So he had been to the seashore many, many times. But never before had he been there expecting a miracle. Nothing had ever happened at the seashore like was going to happen this day. Because he had never gone there expecting a miracle. Is anybody with me here. You understand where I'm going with this? I mean, you go, uh, listen, by the by this, uh, sea is a euphemism for just the everyday places that you go in your life. That's all we're doing with, with this, this sermon series, this title, By the Sea. It's just a euphemism for all the everyday places you go in your life. And every day of your life, I mean, you go to work, or you go shopping, or, or you book, or wherever it is you're going, and you go over and over and over, and nothing ever happens, does it? God never shows up. I mean, you hear people in school talk to you about their problems, and God never fixes anything. And so then we think, well, well God doesn't have power to fix things. Uh-huh, that's not the problem. We go to work and people tell us, you know, over a coffee, they tell us a, a coffee break, or maybe at lunch, they tell us things going on, and nothing ever changes. No miracles are happening. Nobody's, uh, nobody's lives are being changed. Nobody's marriages are being saved. And we say, well, God doesn't have any power because He's not doing anything here. And here I am, I'm a Christian here working here. It's not God. The thing is, you've been going, you've been going to your by the sea places every day of your life, just like Jairus, not expecting anything to happen. God is looking for a faith that is a between Sundays faith that says, wait a minute, if something's going to happen out there, it's not going to happen because God doesn't know where it's at. God already knows where all the needs are. What's going to change is when God is able to find faith out there, and He's not going to find it in those people who don't believe in Him, but He's going to find it in me. And so this week, come on someone, purpose that this week, I'm going to a place. I'm going, where, whether it's school or whether it's your job or whether it's standing in line at, at the Dollar General down the street here, I'm going to this place with a faith that is between Sundays. I'm not going to leave it at the door. I'm not going to shut it down when Jamie says the last amen. I'm going with my faith between Sundays and I'm believing that God is about to start changing lives all around me in my by-the-sea by places. Amen. Go ahead. Make the decision. But he's looking for a faith that is real. Let me, you're going to see what his need is now. Jairus fell at Jesus' feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. 
please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Man, he knew Jesus. He didn't say, do you think you could do this? He didn't say like some said, if you are who you say you are. He said, come lay your hands. She's going to get well. Oh, there was a faith that was there. That was a real faith. It wasn't, a, it wasn't just a, a Sabbath show that he put on. He had a faith that got him out of his Sunday. It got him out of the, the synagogue walls. It got him to where Jesus was. And when he saw him, he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus. What does it take to put you on your face before Jesus? You see, Jairus Jesus to touch his daughter when she had the sniffles a couple of weeks ago when Jesus came by the synagogue. It's just sniffles. He could have asked Jesus the next time he saw her just a few days ago, saw him just a few days ago, how about, would you touch my daughter? You know, she's, she's developing a fever now, but he didn't. But now that she's at the point of death, Jairus says, I got to have some help. What is it that moves you to fall on your face before God? To implore him earnestly, to say, Jesus, please, you've got to do this. See, because most of us, we've got problems and we haven't even, we got problems we have not even addressed to him yet. We've got problems we've not even shared with him. He already knows about them. We've not even talked about. What is it going to take? How far do you have to go? How bad does a situation have to get before you start asking God to do something about it? That's the question. He's looking for a faith that is real. A faith that has to, that Paul talked about, of praying without ceasing. That I don't pray when I think about it. I pray all the time. That I don't talk to God when I got a problem when things are going well. I just talk to God all the time. That is, I mean, there's, there are too many Christians in this one nation under God that the only time they even think to give God any prayer or any, any request is on a Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but I'm like Jairus. All my problems don't happen on Sunday. Pretty good most of the time. And I got plenty of help around here on Sunday morning. But you wait till I get off by myself. You wait till I get out there and alone. You can wait till I get surrounded by everyone else. And you know what? When you read this, what do you find out? You find out that Jesus was surrounded by people. He was surrounded by people that knew who Jesus was, believed who He was. And why were they there? Because they had heard about the miracles. They were there to see if there was another miracle. And He was surrounded by people, but only one man got a prayer through Oh, listen now, yeah. Only one man got a prayer through. The one man that had a faith that was real. The one man that had gotten, are you over it yet? Are you over it yet? Because a lot of us, we can't come to the front. We can't come down to the prayer team member and say, hey, I need you. Because we still haven't got over our pride. We're afraid somebody will see us down here praying. We got problems. We got needs. They're going to say, I wonder if they're having problems in, in their marriage. You know, anybody, anybody that says that, you know, you don't, you don't even need to worry about what they're thinking because they're thinking that whether you come to the front and pray or not, they're looking for an excuse to point. So, and this is where Jairus was. He was a synagogue official. He was a ruler. He was a, a religious ruler. And it would have been easy for, for him to say, oh, I can't let anybody see me praying to Jesus. They'll think I don't have faith to believe God without standing here with you. My, they can't see me on my knees. Like, they can't see me pleading out. You know what? Jairus got over that because his little girl was about to die. And he said, there is nothing in my life that is more important right now than letting Jesus know I've got a need and I need it met right now. 
What's over it? I'm over it. Are you over it? Let's get over it. And let's go on. Jesus, Jesus is looking for a faith that goes beyond hope. A faith that is when hope is lost. God is looking for a faith when hope is lost. While Jesus was still speaking, they came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue official, saying, your daughter has died. Hope is lost. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. Don't trouble the master. Let him go on his way. He's got your daughter's died. But Jesus, don't you like it when God says, but? Don't you like it when he says, nevertheless? Don't you like it when he says, but anyway? Even though hope is lost, Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. He's looking for a faith that goes beyond when all hope is lost. He's looking for a faith that doesn't care what anything looks like. Here's, here's our biggest problem, except focusing on him. Let me tell you, Jairus woke up that morning. He knew Jesus was coming back from the other side of the lake because he had already asked. He had already said, where's Jesus? Anybody know where Jesus is? They said, he's coming back today. He knew that. He got up that morning. He got dressed. He started down to the seashore. He had made up his mind. Nothing is going to stop me today. I have to see Jesus. I don't know if anybody is here today or not. I don't mean here. I mean here at this Jairus place of a, I've got to see Jesus today no matter what. If there's a situation in your life, you might not be there. There's coming a day real soon. There's coming a day real soon that you're going to be at a place that I have to see Jesus today. And this day he got up and he said, nothing's going to stop me. I'm getting, if, that's, if Jesus is at the seashore, I'm going to see him there. If he's at the market, I'm going to see him there. If he's at the synagogue, I'm, I'm going to see him there. But he knew he was at the seashore, and so he went to the seashore. He wasn't going to listen. And he wouldn't even listen to what this person said. Your daughter's dead. Jesus said, don't listen to that. Focus. Stay on me and just believe. You need to quit focusing on what your friends are saying. Come on, somebody. You need to quit focusing on what your doctor reported to you. You need to quit focusing on, 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 what, on what the conventional wisdom says about your marriage and about how things are going to turn out. You need to quit focusing on your bank account. Come on. You need to quit focusing on your ability to handle it all by yourself. You need to quit focusing on your weaknesses and your inabilities to handle things by yourself. And you need to focus one more time on the Savior of the universe who is able to do all things above and beyond everything you and I can even imagine. And let me tell you something. I, and He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all of those awesome things. Would somebody help me and say amen? Clap your hands. Come on, believe Him. Believe Him. Man, there's about two hours more of this sermon. He's looking for a faith that is by the sea. Here's what happens. Jesus allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When you hear his name, the brother of James, you know? Why can't it just be John? They came to the house of the synagogue official, Jairus. And Jesus saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. Now, back in those days, they had professional mourners. I mean, people actually paid to come and mourn. I don't know if, Jairus, since Jairus was an official, he probably, you know, his wife probably thought, no, we've got we to gotta be respectable in the community, so we need to hire some mourners when our daughter dies or she dies. Or, so, I, I, or maybe it's a lot of times they'd just show up and then hope you paid them on the way out the door or whatever. So that might, that might be what I was entering in to all these professional mourners says, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died but is asleep. Now, the child was dead, but what Jesus was saying, I'm just going to wake her up. 
Y'all acting like this is all over with. I just want y'all to know this is just a momentary thing. Come on, somebody needs to focus and hear what Jesus is saying right here. There is nothing that is finished until God said it is finished. Some of you are looking in your lives and you say it's already over. No, no, you, you need to say until God says it's over, it ain't over. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Quit your wailing, quit your moaning, quit your complaining. Realize that God is still able. And, and Jesus is about to raise this little girl back to life. And if he's able to raise a little girl back to life, he's able to do just about anything in this world. I think you ought to ha- be able to have faith to believe that. They began laughing at Jesus. But he put them all out. Get them out of here. Get Those that do not believe. Those that are laughing at my ability to be who I say I am. And do what I say I can do. They, you just need to step out of here for a moment. You, I, Man, there's so much I want to say to you right here. It's great. There's about 400 little sub-sermons right here. I got to just throw this one at you right here, though. At the very end of this story, and we're not going to get there, so let me tell tell it to you right here because it fits right here really good. At the very end of this story, Jesus tells him, now don't go outside. Now this is a little paraphrase, okay? This is not exactly the way he said it, all right? But he said, "Now, now don't go outside and tell those people who've been mourning and everything. Don't tell them what happened in here. You know what he's saying? If you don't believe me to be who I am and do what I say I can do, you're not going to see what I can do. Around And this is it. Is that if you want me to do a miracle in your life, you want to see awesome things happen in your life, then you are going to have to believe Jesus. You're going to have to believe that Jesus is exactly who He says He is and He can do exactly what He says He can do. Otherwise, He's going to set you, just get out of here. You're not, going to, you're not even going to see this. You're going to be out there with everybody else that doubts. You're not going to see this. And so, uh, putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his three companions, Peter, James, and entered the room where the child was. Can't you see them there? Think about it. Can you see them there? Picture it. They go into this room. Now, this is a, not a big bedroom like you've got, and you've got your little daughter, and you've got all the, the strawberry shortcake and la la loopsy stuff all over the wall and everything. Probably a little bitty small room. Little simple cot on the floor, and a little girl's lifeless body already beginning to turn ash and maybe even blue. And they walk in, Jesus takes the child by the hand, he says to her, Talitha Kum. And immediately, immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately, they were completely astounded. Even the ones who had faith. You see, here's what some of you are worried about. You're saying, I just don't know that I have enough faith to believe that. Listen, even these that had faith. We're still astounded when he did what he said he could do. Man, I've been there so many times praying and believing that God was going to do what he said he could do. And then when it happens, I'm like, whoa, wow, just blown away by that. Can you believe? I mean, let me tell you something. About three and a half years ago, you know, we were believing God to do great things. We were believing God to rescue marriages. We were believing God to help us reach people that were unchurched, that had gotten away from church, that had gotten hurt and quit going to church. You know, and now today we're seeing it happen. Uh, about half of the people who attend this church today were not attending any church before coming to this church. I mean, we, we basically started with about 30 folks, you know, and, and now, you know, there's a, there's a congregation here of 260 or 270. And, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, whoa, being blown away. I can't believe God did exactly what God said he would do. And so some, get ready for it. You're going to be blown away when you see God do what you are believing Him to do. Even they were astonished. He takes the girl by the hand and He raises... Come, somebody tell me. Somebody give me a need that is greater than this need. Somebody tell me something that is harder in your life. Something that you've got in your life that you need God to do that is harder than this right here. 
than raising a dead girl back to life. Oh, we were singing the song just a few moments ago and said, talks, talked about reminding yourself of all the things. You need to remind yourself. You're looking back and thinking about uh, problems that you've got this past week or problems that are coming up this week. You need to don't focus on those things. Quit focusing on the stuff. Focus on the one who's already raised the dead back to life and say, if he can do that, then he can handle anything that I'm going to walk through this week. Faith by the sea. It's easy to have faith. In the synagogue, like right here. Because I can have faith with you. You know, we got plenty of people who have faith. Man, we got prayer team members going to have faith with you in a moment if you've got a need. Huh. Man, that's awesome. It's easy to have faith here. We can even pray with you and pray for you. The secret is you need to have the faith in the place of the need. Sometimes that's at the synagogue. But most of the time, it's at a place like a bedroom or a place down by the sea. And wherever that place of need is, is where you need to have faith this week. Name it in your mind right now. Where is the place I need to have faith for God to perform a miracle in my life? Name it. Say it. Say it into your, into your mind, in your spirit right now. Name the place. I need to have faith in that place. It's easy to have it right here today. But you understand this. When you walk out those doors, and Jamie says the last amen, you won't be alone in your faith. I'm going to still be believing with you. And the prayer team member that you talk to today, they're still going to be believing with you. You're not walking alone, not walking by yourself. We're still going to do that. Have you named the place? Come on, somebody. Testify for just a moment. Say, I know the place where I need to have faith this week. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I hope all of you have. But when you say, I, name, I am naming the place right now in my mind, raise your hand. I know it. I know where it's at. Raise your hand. I'm naming the place. Praise God. I'm going to believe with you this week. As you walk to your by-the-sea place, as you step into the bedroom where that promise has died and lays lifeless on a cot on a floor, I'm going to believe with you. I want to walk with you to that place of faith. Prayer team members want to walk with you to that place of faith and believe that awesome things are going to happen. Stan, let's come to the front. Let's close this. Got one last little bitty thing I want to share with you from Come on, press on in, get close. Prayer team members, go ahead and get <coughs> prepared if you will. And listen, let me tell you something. I, if you're like Jairus this morning or any other time, you don't have to wait for pastors to say, come on and go ahead and grab, grab one of these by the hand. If you're like Jairus right now, say, i got to get with Jesus. Preacher, you're going too slow for me. Come on down, grab somebody by the hand right now. Next Sunday, same thing. Don't wait on me. They know, not to, they know not to pray so loud that you can't hear me, okay? They know, they know how to handle that for a few moments, all right? They can do that. You get to one of those situations, i got to have Jesus right now, Pastor. I, I'm sorry, I can't listen to this last little point you say you've got. i got to have it right. Come on, I want you to, do, I want you to step forward. I don't, I, don't want you, I want you waiting on me at this point anymore. I'm going to tell you one last thing. That day, I don't know what the date was on that day that we just read about. 
I don't know what day of the week it was. Not even exactly sure what year it was. We got a pretty good idea, but I don't know. Here's one thing I do know that happened on that day, besides what we've read. A lot of people died in Israel that day. You know a lot of people are going to die today in in America? You know that, right? There's a lot of people going to have to visit a funeral home later today, make arrangements. That day in Israel, a lot of people died. Men, women, boys, and girls. Other little daughters, 12 years old. But only one man received his little girl back to life. And it was the man who had faith out by the sea. Not just right here, by the sea. Get out, in your, get out in your by the sea place this week that you just named in your spirit and have faith that he's going to do it. Bow with me. Pray with me. Jamie, go ahead when you can. Don't start singing with Jamie until you...